Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special edition of The Prosper Project. Today, my guest is Ivan Ants. Ivan has been an entrepreneur since he was seven years old, selling candy to his friends in Argentina. As he grew older, he continued his business efforts, and in 2014, not speaking a word of English, he brought his passion for helping to America. His intention helped lead him to the discovery of a unique approach to stabilize families in their own homes. This is when philanthropy investing, now spanning the globe in 16 countries, was born. Ivan's zeal to philanthropy invest drove his 2014 creation of Equity and Health, a turnkey social impact real estate investing program resulting in the Inc. 500 for two years in 2019 at 128 in the nation, and then rising to 83 in 2020, ranking number three in Florida with a three-year growth of 3,920%. So Ivan and his team met those achievements while turning exceptional profits for their real estate philanthropic investors Ivan is intent on doing good by doing well, like he has proven can be done in real estate for 10 other industries in need of improvement. So before I tell you anything more about Ivan, I want to bring him in and let's just touch base a little bit on that background, Ivan. You started selling candy when you were a little kid. You came to America. What brought you here in the first place? Well, you know, I was one day, Lorenz. First of all, thanks for having me in your show. Yeah, you're welcome. It's an honor to be with you here. But when I was around 25 years old, I would say like 15 years ago, 13, 15 years ago, I was basically growing companies that, in my viewpoint, they had a factor that was just selling products or making money, selling products or making money. And that was just pretty much everything involved around that company. And once I realized that money for money is not happiness, <laughs> right? I started, right. Seeking, I started seeking for ways to grow my money while helping others. And I started praying God. And one day I was in the shower in Argentina in 2009. And then this message comes along and, you know, this message that says, philanthropy investors. And I ask God, what do you mean, my Lord? What do you mean by philanthropy investors? And he says, yes, Ivan, in the future, people will have more conscious on what they do with their money. 
they will not be playing with their money just for make money over money, just money on money. They will be another level of consciousness and people will be directing their money, the resources towards the improvement of humanity. That's pretty powerful, divine intervention. Yes, that's totally right. And then I was in Argentina and I started helping families live in their own homes in Argentina. Through investing, through philanthropy investing. Through philanthropy investing, yes. And then I come to my wife one day and she says, Bella is her name. Bella says, Ivan, I think this model should work really great in the U.S. because this is very unique and everything that happens in the U.S., the world then copies the good and the bad. And once, uh, you know, she says that, I realize, oh, you may be right. So we come to the U.S. in 2012 and we start exploring how the housing philanthropy investing model may work in the U.S. And it worked well. We start, <laughs> yeah, we start basically helping low-income families live in their own homes. And uh, we started with, you know, few homes. And then I opened the model to friends and family as, you know, traditional entrepreneurship, right? Your right. first clients are friends and family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then after that, I find the CEO for the company because it was a new language, new country, new laws, everything new for me. Sure, yeah. And then we start hiring more people and we start expanding and so on. And Equity and Help, which is our housing philanthropy investing company, is now in the Inc. 500. We are helping families in 32 states, 360 plus cities. And these families are able to live in their own homes with $580 a month of principal and interest and accumulating equity every single month. And it's philanthropy investing because the investor is passing equity to the families in day number one. So... The families are, if the home is worth 100000 of after repair value, the families are buying that house for 75000 Oh, that's amazing. Okay, that's really great. Thank and you. so what does it look like for an investor? So if someone's listening and says, I want to do philanthropy investing, what does that process look like from the investor's perspective? Well, they will get a qualification and discovery call interview by one of our philanthropy investor consultants. And as soon as they are qualified, because not everybody is a philanthropy investor, everybody can be an investor, but not everybody is a philanthropy investor. You know, that touch, that desire to truly help doesn't matter if in just one month you make less money than the month before, things like that. It's just the philanthropy investor heart. And we need to test that and qualify you. And then if you qualify, you will be in the housing side of the philanthropy investing world because we have housing, we have water, we have recycling, plastic recycling, we have um, health philanthropy investing. We have many areas where there is problems in the planet. And then if it is in the housing industry, you will get to learn more deep on the housing philanthropy investing model if you qualify. And then you will get to onboard, like you will open the account in equity and help. And then you will fund your escrow account. You will select the houses that you want to buy. Mm -hmm. And then Equity and Help, with you in charge, you making the key material decisions, Equity and Help will sell that houses to families in a self-financing type of deal. 
and you are just a philanthropic lender, philanthropic investor that are supporting that families. To the point that if the family default, which is around 10% of our portfolio in the seven or eight years that we have as an existence, in October, we will be in existence eight years with that company. Congratulations. Thank you. So what happens is that if the family is default, then you will be able to decide. I want to continue helping because the family default because they lose their job. Mm -hmm. uh, or they had a medical situation, or they had a baby, or they need to buy the school supplies, life, you know, things. So you as a philanthropic investor can decide and say, oh, I want to give these three late payments to these families, and I will just take a tax deduction of my loss, right? Or I can send the three late payments to the end of the loan, so I put the family current. Or I can increase the monthly payment $10 a month for the next 20 years. Or... If I cannot do anything like that, if it is a good intention family, which we have two types, bad intentions and good intention families, right. the good intention family, my company has a global philanthropic fund that will give you the money as a philanthropic investor. So you keep your cash flow rolling and we will finance to the families at the 0% interest rate for almost two years. Wow. That's amazing. Yes, yes. So there is multiple ideas around the housing philanthropy investing model. So how do you find the families whose homes you invest in? So we advertise through social media in the area where the home is located. We have signs in the homes. We have a website. We advertise our own website. Sometimes families that live in that area refer us to another families. So it's a multiple inflow channels that we have. Okay, so it's not like you select specific communities and that's it. So it, you may designate certain communities that you want to help, but you're also open to people applying. Yes. That's really interesting. But you didn't stop at real estate, correct? It looks like my understanding is now that you have looked at 10 other industries that you believe can be improved through philanthropy investing. Is that correct? That's totally correct, Lorraine. We have water philanthropy investing now, environment or, or plastic recycling philanthropy investing. And basically also we have uh, health philanthropy investing. That's really, really inspiring. What do you think has really been the driver for all of this work? What do you think Really, is there something that happened in your childhood or is this, I mean, I know there was a divine intervention. I hear that. But what do you think really drove you once you had that and you had that idea to leave your homeland and come to the United States where you didn't speak the language, you didn't understand the law? How did you kind of navigate all those what most people would look at as roadblocks to get to where you are and so quickly as well? Well, I think that the answer to that, Lorraine, is that part of it is divine intervention. And then the other thing is just a call for observing the truth of what is happening in the planet mm -hmm. and wanting to see the planet improve. So it's my intention to see the planet improve because when I observe to other top entrepreneurs that have a lot of resources, they are somehow thinking in the viewpoint, which is 
it's not wrong or right. It's just, in my viewpoint, it's a little too soon before we do other things. Like when I look at the top entrepreneurs, the ones that have the more money, the majority of them is trying to take us to other planets before we solve the issues in this planet. It's like saying, hey, you know, let's say that you had a child, right? And you, in the first two years, you mess up your child because you don't know how to be that. Just to put an example. So you're really doing it bad. And instead of learning first, before having the next child, you just have the next child. Or you just go into racing cars and you just go and you race cars and you just crash the car and you don't. So instead of just getting good on that, you now goes to, wants to go and race motorcycles. Like instead of fixing this planet first, I think the correct sequence will be, let's fix the problem in this planet first before going and messing up another planet. I agree. I think there's a lot of opportunity to heal our planet and to make social change as well as an environmental change. So I really like that. And the whole philosophy of using your business as a force for good is certainly one that I can relate to, but you're making impact on such a large scale that it's really exciting. So you've got to feel really I don't know if proud is the right word, but you know, you do this with a lot of humility, but you've got to feel pretty proud of the fact that other people have shared your vision and wanted to be part of this movement because it feels like a movement. It's happening. It's growing all the time. And, and now you're seeing the opportunity in related and unrelated industries where you can do more of the same. That's totally correct, Lorraine. That's the right path. Yeah. And so you and your wife have lived in the United States for how long at this point? Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. And you're in Puerto Rico. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. right now in Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah. And do you plan on staying in the United States for, you know, for the foreseeable? No one can say forever, right? But does this feel like home now? What do you think? Yes, this feels like home. That's so much <laughs> that I... I love like the culture. I love, you know, there is a lot of family culture in the US and patriot culture, right? Patriotic culture. And the resources of the country are just amazing and so on. So with philanthropy investors, I want to help the world to go to shift into a more positive direction. I can do it anywhere in the world, but our base is the United States, even our headquarter for equity and help is in Florida. Our yeah. headquarter for our water company, Origin Clear, is in Florida with manufacturing in Dallas. Our uh, health philanthropy investing company headquarter is in Utah. Our environment or recycling philanthropy investing headquarter is in Dubai. And the reason is Dubai is because Dubai is the most conscious, together with Paris, are the most two conscious cities in the world for you know, plastic handling and waste handling and the oh, prevention of the plastics, you know, using going to the oceans and the nature and so on. That's wonderful. What were things that surprised you or that you learned along the way? You know, what were the biggest lessons, I guess, in coming to the United States and bringing your business here? That this country it has allows you the possibility to grow even more of what you originally thought in your original vision as an entrepreneur. So don't limit yourself to your first 
vision as an entrepreneur because if you get your word out and you allow your word, the word of mouth of your project to roll and you participate in events and you speak about your project and so on and you hire the right team, your project should expand more than you envision in the beginning. I love that. Entrepreneurs, are you listening? So dream bigger, basically, right? <laughs> yes, that's totally right. I that's love totally it. That's great. So what is next for you? Like what is, you know, anything that you can tell us that's not private at this point about what does next year look like for the company? Well, we're going to be looking into multiple expansion in different areas, but Equity and Help is going to go international to not only help families in the U.S., but also help families in other areas of the world. And then Philanthropy Investors is going to continue helping entrepreneurs in the areas of the main problems in the planet, which I call the life essentials areas. Oh, nice. So air entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that are looking for ways and have the technology to solve the pollution in the planet. There is a entrepreneurs in the area of water, in the area of health, in the area of housing, in the area of animals, because the animal population is decreasing 70% in the last 50 years, and that's a problem. Technology to prevent the earthquakes and the natural disasters to kill people's lives. We will support that entrepreneurs. Technologies to and entrepreneurs that have the way to solve the issue of uh, illiteracy in the world. Wow. So... Yes, the main issues in the planet, and that's what philanthropy investors looks like for the future. So I have to ask this question because it really blows my mind with all the things you have done and all the things you're laying out. Rumor has it that you invest only about four hours a month into growing your company. Is that true? Okay. <laughs> I think that's a little bit <laughs> misinterpreted. Okay. So no, I dedicate, I can say four hours a month per company. Per company. Okay. Yes. Per company. That's correct. But that's still I, very little time. No, no, it's not because in each of my companies, I have a CEO. Okay. So my time is dedicated between even one week being with the CEO and another week seeing how we can improve the future of the company, thinking and improving the company in the future and so on, or just meeting with that CEO for that company. Got it. So it's really hiring the right people that's critical to growing beyond what you originally imagined. Yes, that's correct. I am not the CEO for any of my companies. I am the founder, which is, you can also call me the chief dream officer. I like that, the chief dream officer. That's really, really good. Right? I do. I think that's great. So how do you find the right people, especially when you're not in your native country? How have you been able to do that so well? Well, it has happened in different areas. It has happened uh, through referrals. It has happened through LinkedIn. I have found people on LinkedIn through going to entrepreneurial events. Yeah, multiple, multiple ways. Okay. It's not one way. It's just, it's God sending them to me or something like that. <laughs> I love that. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important to share with our audience? Well, that we have the Housing Philanthropy Investing book that made the Amazon number one bestseller oh. in three categories this year. 
And so your audience can acquire the book. And that book is not about housing philanthropy investing alone. It's a very unique. It has part of my life. It has entrepreneurial principles. It has investment principles that are very, very unique that you will not find anywhere else. I promise you. That's great. Well, we'll have to include a link to that book in the show notes. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, go to the show notes and we'll link to the book. I also know that you have a checklist that's free for people that's called the True Financial Freedom Checklist. And we will be linking to that as well. Exactly. And on that, you should be able to get it when you sign up and you go and you sign up in philanthropyinvestors.com and you request to get more information and so on and contact us, that checklist can be received as well. And then the other important point that I think you should name, you know, ask is how philanthropy investors expands across the world. Yeah, well, you hinted a little bit at that. So tell us, how do you plan and how can we be part of that spreading across the world? Yeah, so basically how it has expanded and how it continues expanding is because we have a very unique program and career, which is called the Philanthropy Investors Ambassadors. And we have ambassadors in 16 countries of the world. And this is people, a lot of them are podcasters that basically become philanthropy investors ambassadors and they spread the word out of philanthropy investors using our knowledge, our materials, and we have for them a revenue share program so they can continue funding and promoting their own podcast or promoting their own activity so they can bring more philanthropy investors and they're helping the world indirectly. They are not doing it with their money, but they are doing it with their time and their connections. I love that. That's amazing. Communications as a force for good. That's correct. <laughs> That's great. So I just have to say, I'm really inspired by the work that you're doing around the preservation of our waters and reducing plastic. I'm big fans of both of those. I think it's so, so important. But I want my last question to be a little bit personal because this is the Prosper Project. Ivan, I'd love to know what it means for you to prosper. For me to prosper, it means when I am giving, when I see that I am not only having, but only giving more spiritual enjoyment to the people that is around me. And I see their, not only mine, but their lives improve. And if I can see that I can uh, be delivering smiles across my team, across my clients, across the people, that's basically prospering. And I see the world improving, right? And around that, that means prospering. Are you feeling that now at this stage of your journey? Yes, I am. Yes, I would hope so. I would hope so. I think it's been so wonderful having you as a guest on the Prosper Project. I wish you every success and I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your journey with us today. You're welcome, Lorraine, and have a wonderful week and year and life. <laughs> thank you. Ivan Ants, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode 
and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.